Welcome to the Show Me Education podcast. Join us as we share best practices and show you the amazing and meaningful work of educators across Missouri and beyond. The mission of the Show Me Education podcast is to share stories that resonate with you and allow you to walk away feeling energized and inspired to improve education in your own community. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the learning. Hello, listeners. This is Betsy Reidenauer, your resident Missouri teacher development specialist, and welcome to episode five. I am so excited to have a couple of Missouri's finest educators and teacher mentors join in on this episode of the Show Me Education podcast. Stacy Piontek is a former adjunct faculty member at the University of Central Missouri and is currently a special educator at Warnsburg High School in the Warnsburg School District. And Susan Cole is a veteran Missouri educator with experience in the Nobnoster, Columbia, and Liberty Missouri School Districts and is currently an instructional coach at Sterling Elementary in Warnsburg R6 School District. Both Stacy and Susan are members of the Professional Development Committee for the district, and they also help spearhead the mentoring program for new teachers. In this episode, Stacy and Susan um, highlight the work being done to support both those new to the field of education and the master teachers who help guide them. Enjoy the learning. Okay, so I'm here with my friends. This is a real treat for me because um, these two people are my former colleagues and they're my friends and I'm so happy to see their faces even though you can't see their faces. Um, But between the two of them, they have 50 years of experience in education. I know that sounds crazy, but um, I love that they have that much experience and they're still hungry learners for more. Um, They love PD as much as I do and enjoy sharing it with others, especially beginning teachers. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is the mentoring program at Warrensburg R6. Um, Welcome to my guests, Stacey Piontek and Susan Cole. So let's just jump right in. Um, Let's talk about the mentoring program and um, how you are welcoming your beginning teachers into the district. Stacey, you want to start? Yes. Okay. Well, as we all know, the last two years have been very interesting starts of school. And so ours has looked a little bit different than in the past. Mm -hmm. Traditionally, we have had um, a mentor training program for those that haven't been a mentor in the last like three years. And so we would bring them in uh, to our library at the high school. And Woods Prail is my co-coordinator for the mentor program. He does the presentations and I do the paperwork. Um, I really enjoy paperwork. That's very weird, but Woods is a fantastic (laughs) presenter. And so he does most of the presentations for this, but um, he will do an hour and a half training of our mentors, kind of uh, walking them through a mentor uh, handbook that we created that kind of shows exactly what the new teachers, their requirements, um, their steps in their first year and their second year, if they're experienced, things like that. And then at the end of that, then we bring the new teachers in. They've spent the morning at their building uh, getting specific building information. Then they come and they meet 
with their mentor at our building and we kind of talk them through their requirements while their mentor's there. And um, uh, we do it through a Google Classroom is how we turn in all their uh, requirements, their paperwork. And then we send them off to their buildings after we give them lunch at about one o'clock and they meet and do a, like a scavenger hunt. Um, it, it's the a Google form really is all it is, but it, you know, just the things that new teachers need in the building. It's, they're different questions for the experienced teachers versus the first year teachers. The second year teachers, um, they're not at these meetings. Um, but with COVID the last two years and with our large turnover, which I'm probably every district has been that way this year, uh, we felt it best not to bring our mentors in again to the building for the training. So we created a, um, Google Classroom for just the mentors and they would go on the handbooks in there they read through it and then they have like a a Google form it's kind of fun uh, Woods uses the uh, Toy Story theme uh, you've got a friend in me and so they before they meet with the mentor they have to kind of find out a few things about their mentor through email um, and uh, kind of read through that mentor handbook know what their mentee needs and then um, they will uh, then meet their mentor at their building at one. We still bring in the new teachers um, and we did it different this year with this uh, too. We kind of learned from last year that bringing all the different years together makes sure that nobody knows what's going on. And so we brought specifically the first year teachers in and gave them their presentation, went through their requirements. Uh, within the Google Classroom, we uh, have the mentor log on there and they can uh, make a copy, download it and fill it in electronically as they meet for collaborations and for observations, whether they observe or they're being observed. And then uh, every quarter, a Google form is sent to them to fill out and then attach that log to it. And then we brought the experienced teachers in and they really don't have much. Their, their needs are so much different. They just need to know our district info. And uh, so we bring them in a real quick thing and put them on the Google Classroom and their own. And then um, that's where I just kind of announcements go out that way instead of you know making an email list and all that. I just put it on the Google Classroom. In case I wanna throw out a Google form out of a survey, see what they need, um, introduce some workshops that we do for them, et cetera, et cetera. And then they still, they go over to their building from one to three. Um, so basically that's the intro to it um, that we've done in the past. It sounds really streamlined. I mean, especially with the Google stuff. I mean, that makes it so much easier just people to just dive into Google Classroom and see what they need to do. So that, yes. seems, that seems really efficient. So um, beyond kind of that nitty gritty piece of it, mm -hmm. how do you choose the mentors? Because <laughs> that's huge for a new teacher to yes. have the right and, person. And we are in a struggle bus. I mean, for real, uh, we had uh, principal turnovers this year. And so, and when we had, you know, just probably like I just said, every district had turnovers all the way up through July. And so it was a, um, a crapshoot, I guess, this year. Um, it wasn't what we wanted. And uh, Susan Crooks is our new um, uh, curriculum director, but she's also our, you know, central office representative for mentorship. And we had a conversation that we have got to figure this out. We have got to get this part of it streamlined too. Mm -hmm. um, the, the choosing of the mentors is done by the principals. 
But with the turnover, um, we had some communication breakdown and we had uh, mentors that didn't know that they were mentors because their principals didn't ask them, but their principals had sent the, you know, the names over because they thought somebody else selected them mm-hmm. uh, or told them. And uh, so uh, we're going to be working, she and I, and then Woods also on creating some kind of process for selection of the mentors. You know, they have to be, have been in the district or been a teacher for, I think in the district for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times it's, it's really interesting, but that year, one year past being a new teacher, they're often selected for that. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think they still understand and know the needs of that first year teacher. Yeah, they get it, they get it. I should have mentioned that Stacy is high school. So she's high school sped. And Susan is an instructional coach at an, at the intermediate grades, three through five, at one of the elementary buildings. So elementary, and because Susan, I worked with Susan in the elementary building, and it feel and it's a little bit different, I would guess. I wasn't ever a high school teacher, but when you're teaching all subjects, you know, it's different than being a content specialist like you would in secondary. So how, and I'm assuming, Susan, since you're an instructional coach, you kind of have a hand in maybe this person would be really great for this new teacher. So how, how, what's your thought process? Well, I do work closely with the principal because as an instructional coach, I am like a second mentor to them. Um, we try to find a teacher that's in the same grade level. That usually is the best way to kind of pair them up because they will have consistent collaboration. They'll have plan times. And, and we do that as well. We try to make sure they're on the same plan time when we pair them up so that if a new teacher has a question, she can find her, he or she can find their mentor. Um, and as we have, just like Stacy was saying, a lot of um, younger teachers and they have to have the, the years of experience and um, be able to, to mentor another, another teacher. How many, so how many new teachers do you have this year? Did you say that again? How many brand new teachers, first year teachers do you have in your buildings? Oh. I have four and a half is a weird number, but uh, we have a, uh, a teacher that joined us in January. And so I did not start her. She did her student teaching in the fall, joined us in January as a hire for a position that was not filled last year. Um, it was in the SPED department and I actually happened to be her mentor and I mentored her, but we did not start the mentor program in January. You know, we just kind of hobbled ourselves through, uh, gave her what she needed. I would meet with her almost daily, you know, trying to, you know, just get her up to speed within our department more than anything. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so she's going to start the mentor program this year. Okay. Um, that so that we explains have, four and a half. Four yeah. and a half. We have yeah. five. Um, so, and, and, you know, she's much more aware of what's going on in our buildings. She's, you know, uh, her job isn't a problem. Um, so we will have different conversations, you know, at this time, as you would with a true first-year teacher in August. We also have teachers that have come from out of state, teachers that have had experience in other states. And I know this year, you know, even though they've had experience five years somewhere else, they do ha- do our mentor program, which mm-hmm. um, my person was very positive about because she said, you know, it's a different She'll, she'll have a different experience. And in fact, in the state she was at, they didn't even have a mentor program. So oh. I, I felt like we we're ahead, I guess, in that respect, because uh-huh. she said she had no one assigned to her to really go to. So she yeah. was excited about that opportunity. 
Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm also curious about the training of the mentors. I know you said that there's a handbook. And so the handbook is for both the mentee and the mentor, I'm assuming. Or there's two different two ones. Separate ones. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the training of the mentor, because that's really, I mean, that you're, you have to be a leader in the building. You have to not only know where the chocolate is and how where to get the Diet Coke, you've got to know, you know, you have to be that marigold. I don't know if you guys have read that article where you're yes. a walnut or a marigold. You have to be that marigold even when you don't want to be. And so what's the training? How do you train them up to make sure that they can maintain that role all year long? Because as we know, it's hard to be a teacher, whether it's first year or your 30th year. So how do you, how do you encourage them to maintain Well, and Woods does a really good job with that. Um, He has a presentation um, that really talks about the ebb and flow. I'm using hand signals and you all can't see it, but (laughs) you know, that ebb and flow of the, of the year in the life of a teacher, you know, as we start excited, can't wait. And then in the middle of the year, you know, just getting over overwhelmed, tired, disillusioned. And then as the end of the year comes, we get that, you know, little burst of energy, we get excited again. And he really talks about that, how it, um, it is even more important at different times of the year to support those new teachers, uh, especially if we want to retain those new teachers in, 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 you know, education, because teaching is hard. It is so hard. And especially that first year as you're trying to establish classroom management um, and the your expectations and the behaviors you have in your class and um, that mentors need to really step up and, you know, allow themselves to be observed and they need to go in and take a look and then incorporate their instructional coaches in this. And even the PD reps as needed, getting other adults, adults, we're all adults, sorry, um, getting other, you know, um, professionals, professionals, that's the word I was looking for, involved in, um, uh, in retaining that teacher and, you know, teaching them up and, and pumping them up and, and letting them know we all go through that every single year, you know, even as many years as I've been in this, that every single year you hit a wall. Every single year you think this is the year I'm going to look for something else. This is the year. I mean, there are days like that. We all know it. We all feel it. And that that is the most important time for a mentor to step in and just say, I've been there. And so he does a really good job of, you know, kind of explaining that cycle, having everybody remember that, um, you know, and things like that. And offering tips on what you do to to really help that new teacher. Yeah. And go ahead, Susan. I was was going to say, I think you bringing that up as a coach, I'm standing here reflecting and thinking, you know, probably as a coach, I probably need to do a better job of just reaching out and checking on those mentors. It's very easy to remember our mentees because we know what they're dealing with, but um, yeah, the mentors, you know, they do get overwhelmed. I mean, especially when they have more than one. And um, so that is something to kind of think about, about how we do continue to support them when they're trying to support someone else. Mm-hmm. Well, and, it, and especially in the last two years, I mean, last year and then, you know, coming up this year, that sometimes uh, we get very, um, we get 
very self-directed. I, I don't know the right word, but we all, um, it, this is hard. This, this last year was hard and it, it's very easy to kind of get into your own self and worry about what you have to do and you have to get done mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah in your health and this and that, and this and that. And we forget that teaching is, is it's a team. Um, that we need each other, we support each other. And especially for us that have been in the profession many years, um, and we still, you know, fall back into uh, very, uh, you know, selfish, I guess, uh, habits at times, Mm -hmm. you know, just to be able to get through a certain day, a certain week, a certain, you know, couple (laughs) weeks. Um, But that when we step out and help somebody else, it really does bring you back into why you, you know, are in this profession. Mm-hmm. Um, True. So. so you mentioned earlier about parent-teacher conferences and making sure that our new teachers are prepared for that. And again, you know, we talked about how you kind of get in your own head when you're doing the day-to-day mm-hmm. grind as a mentor too. And so that's an opportunity to ask these mentors to step back and really go. They've done these parent teacher conferences for a thousand years, you know, it feels like. And so they know their routine and what they do. So how do you get them to slow down? And what does that workshop look like to prepare those new teachers for parent teacher conferences? Cause that is an intimidating week for sure. Correct. Correct. And in the past when, you know, we had, uh, more subs and more opportunities to pull people out mm-hmm. for a day or a half day and be able to uh, gather the entire, you know, all the new teachers, including experienced teachers, or even bring in some mentors. Um, we have had some really great conversations that way. We have kind of streamlined it in a, you know, to help the sub problem in that we have a workshop for just the high school teachers. That is the first workshop. It is for our first year teachers and our experienced teachers. And then our um, uh, instructional coach who doesn't need a sub. And, and, you know, we bring in a couple of experienced teachers that don't need subs during that time also to come in and speak on it. And then we present on, it's very honest. It's uh, Woods is uh, almost to a fault honest about what parent teachers conferences can look like, you know, giving the good, bad and the ugly. And then, um, and he's funny and gets everybody talking and a little bit relaxed and then giving, you know, the, the tips that new teachers need based on how our district does their parent teacher conferences. And really every building here does it a little bit different. Um, and this year we are going back at least right now, going back to in-person instead of just zoom, although there will be zoom opportunities. And so our teachers need to understand, you know, where your phone is, where's that out? rely on your neighbor, um, have all these things ready for some of those more difficult parents that may come in, what you have prepared for them, uh, what you can talk about, what you shouldn't talk about, uh, things like that. So he gives all of those guidelines and then a little bit of practice situations and things like that. Um, And then we do, uh, then he does other workshops for other buildings, uh, you know, after um, the high school does it early and then the um, other schools do it a little bit later in the year. And so then he does workshops on that also to prepare those new teachers for that and pulls in the instructional coaches from each of those buildings to come in and provide that guidance for their buildings. Yeah. I, and when I participated with Woods, he does an excellent job. He does give like, um, we have an envelope with all different kinds of um, 
situations that might come up during a parent teach conference, like she said, good, bad, and ugly. And I, I think that is the most valuable part of that because, um, you know, we just pull it out and we read the question and we try to answer it how it was. And then that way we can talk with the, the experienced teachers can talk with the mentees and talk about how, you know, in this situation, what you might say or what you want to avoid saying. And um, they're very uh, common situations. So a lot of us have had them happen to us, you know, mm -hmm. parents upset or, um, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. So mm -hmm. I think that's good practice for them. And knowing that, you know, be prepared. Parents can ask very odd questions, personal questions to you. And, you know, like what church do you go to? That may not be something you want to share. Um, some people may be very comfortable, hey, you know, and talk about their church, but some people it's like, uh, um, you know, yeah. you know, how do I answer that? Uh, or, you know, by the way, we're we're getting a divorce and blah, 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 blah. And yeah. being prepared for those sometimes nitty gritty and honest conversations that are uncomfortable when they start, but actually can lead to, you know, a better relationship with the student and the parent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's definitely, they need to be prepared for those questions because you don't think that anybody is going to say weird stuff to you. And there's some weird stuff that gets said. Yeah, for sure. I want to point out and, and give a shout out to Woods Prail too, because we keep on talking about him because he's the leader kind of of the mentorship program at Orangeburg R6. So and um, an excellent ELA teacher at the at Warrensburg High School. So I just want to make sure that the audience oh, yeah. knows who we're talking about there. So hit him up if you need any advice because he's full of it. <laughs> I, would, and I would say like if you're ever wondering, you know, he does half instructional coach and half ELA instructor, um, but he is a wonderful presenter. Uh, um, he does some really great uh, equity uh, workshops and things like that. So if you're looking at that, um, he, he does a workshop for our new teachers in the spring that does kind of uh, revolve around equity in the classroom. Uh -huh. And he has some, done some wonderful research about Warrensburg itself. And so understanding your community is key to being able to reach all different types of families within our community. Uh -huh. And so he has done some research into the history of Warrensburg, you know, how we are just a, a really little different community with the university and the Air Force Base. And um, it, it just, it really helps. It has helped me understand the students that I am teaching. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that point. You know, um, I work with, we'll be working with a lot of beginning teachers, first year teachers and second year teachers and their mentors. They'll both come to me and we'll kind of do, replicate basically what you guys have been talking about today because their districts aren't big enough to have this program. So it's really nice to have um, connections now. This is this podcast really is about networking too. And so to get Woods's name out there and because he sounds like such a role model, somebody could just come observe what he does with brand new teachers or with experienced teachers, all teachers, all professionals, and see, oh my gosh, I want to be like that guy. I want to make sure that they know that I'm making an effort to connect with them and, and their communities. And, you know, I think that's, that's really valuable, really valuable. Yes. He's very engaging. The yeah. time goes, the time goes very quickly. He, he might need to be one of my guests on my podcast. Oh, pod yeah, he would be, that would be yeah. awesome. He would be that a fantastic guest. Yes. Great idea. Okay, well, ladies, thank you so much for um, being willing to sit down and chat a little bit about what you are doing. 
it was great to see your faces too. So Nerds too. Yeah. Well, thank you, Betsy. Thank you so much to Stacy and Susan for joining me today. It's always so fun to chat with friends and of course my former colleagues about our shared passion. Um, guest information can be found in the show notes and you can find me on Twitter at Bet's Ride, that's B-E-T-Z-R-I-D-E, or any of our show's core team members at Show Me Education. As always, keep up with the great work. Thank you for listening to the Show Me Education podcast. Be sure to share your learning from the show with others. The Show Me Education podcast is a collaborative project between the Regional Professional Development Centers of Missouri with a vision of sharing best practices and showing you the amazing and meaningful work of educators across Missouri and beyond. Please subscribe to the show to catch all the wonderful content coming your way. Thank you.